R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Reemployability. Have you ever sat down on a rainy afternoon to read a book and the next thing you know it's dark and four hours have gone by? How about binge watching shows on Netflix? I can remember sitting with my grandfather for hours just engrossed in the stories he would tell me about he and my grandmother's life during the big war. Narrative, stories, they pull us in. Well, what if you could take that PowerPoint you're preparing for school or work or the data on the spreadsheet you need to present to your boss and provide that information in the form of a story? Done well with practice, you'd be the most relevant and relatable person in the room. This is the final part of our series with retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, founder of Rooftop Leadership. Scott used story in life and death situations in Afghanistan, and today he shows us why doing the same in our business, community, and professional lives will result in significantly more healthy human relations. You know, in the sales process, we call it the discovery meeting, right? But yeah. but it's so much more than that. I've probably done thousands of discovery meetings in my career. You've probably done thousands of times when you've sat down with people either in Afghanistan, when it's a life or death situation, or when it's a business situation, and gone in thinking, I've talked to pizza guys a hundred times. I know exactly what he's going to tell me when I ask him, what's your problem with your advertising, right? When I used to sell advertising. But I've been surprised so many times by not assuming and asking. Well, and it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And it's because you're coming at it with real discovery. See, I think the word discovery meeting in the sales world is so casual now mm -hmm. that it doesn't even mean what it's supposed to mean. Like if yep. you and I go on an adventure to discover something, it's like, you know, we're, we're just, it's, it's like a little six-year-old kid who's discovering something for yeah. the first time. And she, you know, she goes to a water park or what, like that's discovery. Like, and, and, and no one listens or pursues connections that way anymore. Yep. And, and what I say is if you can, and you can practice this, start to practice with your kids, your spouse, significant other is when you engage, engage with the intention of pure discovery and nothing else. I simply want to discover goals and pain points. And until I know those, I'm going to keep working discovery. That to me is the secret sauce in how to influence people in low trust times because nobody does it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things I learned from you in these past couple of years. I read the book Presence, um, Amy Cuddy. Amy right? Cuddy, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as I said, I've been through thousands of discovery meetings, but the ability to actually be present is that was an epiphany for me to feel my feet on the ground, to actually look somebody in the eye. And I remember there was a, a guy that I used to work with at another job that I would ask him a question. He sat in the, in the desk next to me and I would ask him a question and he would turn around and he'd take his glasses off and he'd set them down and he would lean forward and look at me. Yeah. That blew me away. How yeah. many times do I, with my kids, my daughter says Same. something, my son says something, and I just keep washing the dishes or whatever I'm doing. And I feel like I'm talking, but I'm not talking to them. The ability to be present, it, that was huge for me. 
Can right. you talk a little bit more about what that actually means and, and how do you do that when you're on a Zoom call or when you're on a telephone call? It's pure intention. It's the management of energy, right? Leadership's the management of energy, yours and those around you. So a lot of it is intentional. We have to be intentional about our engagements. We only have so much energy to expend every day, and then we need to recover at the end of the day. So I say be real intentional about the expenditure of your energy and how you show up in your engagements, but you should prepare for it. You should, I say, do some diaphragmatic breathing, three to five belly breaths, and then walk into the engagement. And there's three levels of the engagement, Todd. There's narrative, like what you and I are doing right now, which should probably be like 10% of the engagement. There's, you know, listening, like your life depends on it with pure discovery to get the pictures in their head. That's probably 90% of the engagement. But running behind all of that as a 1.0 operating system in the background is what I call attunement. Whole body, whole spiritual, whole instrument attunement to the person across from you. Nonverbal, fully dialed in, feeling your feet on the floor, just present, holding space for that person. You're literally holding the space in the room for that person. And you think, oh my God, I can't do that. That takes too much time. It takes too much energy. I think it It's too much of a risk not to do it in these low trust times. And what I've discovered in decades and decades of doing this is that if if I do that, I can get to trust, I can get to rapport, I can get to relationships, I can get to my goals much faster than the people around me and in, in some of the most trying conditions on the earth. And, you know, nowadays, adjusters and other listeners on here, they are going through some very low trust times. And people are inundated with like what you said, they're on their phones while they're talking and they're texting and they're not even looking at the person across from them. You show up and you have this nonverbal presence and you're on your breath and you're connected to your breath and you feel your feet on the floor and you're just pursuing discovery to see the pictures in the head of the other party and that's your goal. Like that, that is immediately recognizable to any human on the planet at a, at a visceral level. And what it results in is reciprocity, where the other party feels obligated to now connect deeper to you. And that's not Scott Mann's theory. Like, that's primal neuroscience. Mm-hmm. And if you practice that and work it, you got to rep it because the modern world pulls us away from that. It tells us we shouldn't do that. So you have to practice this in your day-to-day engagements. But it won't, you know, 45 days to build a new habit. Um with neural pathways in the brain, it can work. And um, there's a lot of content we have at Rooftop on that. And, you know, what we've covered here is enough to get started. Yeah. And and that's what I want to get to. And gosh, every time we talk, like time just flies. We only have a few minutes left. Um, You are involved in so many things. You had the play last out, um, your nonprofit hero's journey. You just finished a book that is, uh, I couldn't get a hold of it yet. It doesn't come out till August. Right. Um, But in, and, and that is an incredible story. What, what, what would you, what's important? All this is important. What's most important for you right now that you'd like to talk about? I think what's most important is the people listening and watching this podcast. And so what I would say to you is, um, rooftopleadership.com 
has a lot of stuff that's available to you that you can just access at no cost. Um, our blogs have tons of video blogs that go deep on this stuff. The Rooftop Podcast is available to you to go deep on this. And then if you want to go deeper on our paid services, it's all right there. That's number one. Number two is um, I was recently involved in a, a final chapter of Afghanistan that I never expected, Todd, which was the collapse of that country. And a dear friend of mine who was an Afghan commando that I recruited and trained with and advised in combat, um, hiding in his uncle's house like Anne Frank being hunted by the Taliban. Mm. And um, his, him saying to me, sir, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to die alone. And the, you know, the, the, the palpable fear that I felt from that in the fight, flight or freeze and the chaos and just the what was it all for? And then trying to find a way to lead myself through that, put a little team together that helped guide him through the city, connect him to people inside the airport that, you know, when his phone was at like 10 percent power right outside the gate um, and we're about to lose connection with him, said, tell him to say pineapple. And uh, that's the code word of the day. And that became Task Force Pineapple. And that guy, Nizam, got through. And then we were able to help over 700 more get through uh, as part of a larger volunteer effort. And and the Pineapple Express is what it started to be called. And so we, we've written a book with Simon & Schuster called Operation Pineapple Express that's coming out on the anniversary of uh, the collapse of Afghanistan around August 16th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. Uh, but it's an amazing book that that really asks the question is, what does a promise mean to you and how far would you go to honor it? And it just shares the stories of what happened with those volunteer veterans and their Afghan partners who risked everything for freedom. It's a heartbreaking, hopeful story that really, I think, helps the rest of us as citizens go, OK, that's what these veterans did when nobody else was coming. What's my Pineapple Express? It's a really it's just a cool read. And I hope people will check it out. Um, with that said, on the veteran side, you know, one of the unfortunate things that's come out of this abandonment, Todd, and withdrawal from Afghanistan is it's like we've turned the page on 20 years of veteran service. You know, the longest war in our nation's history in Iraq and Afghanistan, and we've just turned the page on it. And, you know, almost two million veterans asking themselves, Gold Star family members, military family members, like, what was it all for? And, you know, what the, the cost of that is so many of our veterans are pulling back from society, much like our Vietnam veterans did. And we're losing their inputs into our society, like what happened with Pineapple Express. We need that. We need the wisdom of their stories. And our nonprofit, The Hero's Journey, helps warriors tell their stories. And I've written a play called Last Out, Elegy of a Green Beret. And then when COVID, we toured the country, and then when COVID hit, we took it into a film, like what they did with Hamilton. And it's now a, a film. It's stage performance brought to film. It's going to be coming out on Amazon Prime on Memorial Day and would love for people to watch it. It's called Last Out, Elegy of a Green Beret. It's a it's a it's a heartbreaking and hopeful story once again about modern war. But it's all combat veterans and military family members in the film. And it will really give you uh, validation if you served. It helps heal and it and it helps inform people that haven't served to really understand the high level of sacrifice that our warriors and their families gave us for 20 years. And I believe every citizen, and it's been said, anybody who's seen this film, every American should watch this film. Um, it is truly, I think, the story of our 20-year journey as warriors. And as citizens, we need to understand what we asked those people to do. Um, so I would encourage you to watch it. If you want to spend us a, a quality Memorial Day, you know, you still have the barbecues. Watch Last Out. 
And 100% of the proceeds go to opening a veteran performing arts center right here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we don't make a dime on it. You, uh, you put a lot of emphasis on story and um, uh, expressing yourself in, in that way. Right. Yeah. Um, and that comes that comes from a lot of the training and things that you learned as, as you went on. Um, people can integrate that into their daily lives as well. Right. Every everybody can. Steve Jobs said the world belongs to the storyteller. And he was right. And the reason that's true is that every human, uh, your brain and the brain of your client actually uses story as a sense making tool. And they've been doing that for 70,000 years. So what happens is whenever you're, a person is presented with new information, whether it's a PowerPoint slide, they forget 90% of that in 30 seconds because it's engaging working memory. But what, what, what happens is your listener tells themselves a story of what they're hearing, of what they're seeing, that raw data. And that narrative becomes how they interpret the world, right? And the only way to change that is if you put your information into a story. Whether you're pitching your boss, talking to a client, engaging as a, a adjuster, like putting critical information and becoming a storyteller, training as a storyteller, in my assessment, is one of the most relevant things we can do as leaders in the modern world. Whether it's we're doing it as parents, coaches of a travel ball team, PTA, sales, the world belongs to the storyteller. And particularly in these low trust times, people are starving for it. And there's all kinds of ways to train on that, but train on it because it is a competitive advantage in this time of low trust and short form communications. One of the parts I like about the book presence and, and you mentioned this all the time is there's science behind what's in that book, right? Yeah. So like if you'd have told me that by standing in a certain position, I would be able to make myself more confident. I tell you, you are full of crap. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because to me, that's all fluffy, all that junk, but there's science behind it because of the, the chemicals in your brain, because of the way they, and, and what I love about rooftop and what you do is you're coming from the perspective of a retired green beret, right? So I would never say any of this stuff is fluff and crap because if we get it, if we get it wrong, people die. Yeah. If we get it wrong, people die. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. If we don't make a connection in five minutes, in many cases, we're dead. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this over and over again work. And what I'll say to anybody listening to this is what works in life and death works in life and business. And it's just a matter of putting it into practice, getting below that waterline. Remember, 80% of our nature is below that waterline that we can't see. And we've removed ourselves from it. So getting clear on that and moving that needle from, and even if you're a good storyteller, a good listener, move the needle from instinct to skill. Train on it the same way you train on hard skills. Um, it's going to give you a competitive edge, particularly in times of low trust where no one does this. We are out of time, but I've got one more question, if you don't mind. Scott, I don't do mind an extra all. two minutes. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> our sales team here at Reemployability, we're going through some of the modules uh, on Rooftop. Um, we're going through the uh, R4 section now on battle yeah. rhythms. It yeah. is, it's awesome for, for oh, our great. team. I can tell you all kinds of stories. Uh, but I, I asked the sales team if they could ask you any questions, what would yeah. they like to know about Scott? And obviously they see you from the videos and, and you've been in here a few times as well. But the way that you present yourself and with your experience and everything, they're curious, um, what are you learning now? 
Like, what are you trying to improve on yourself now that you're going to be able to show us in six months or a year? Oh, wow. That's so cool. Um, What a great question, man. Um, So I do try to live my life, you know, kind of like what Tim Ferriss is to high performance. I try to be a human experiment and connection uh, and just put myself in that living Petri dish all the time. Um, So there are a couple of things that I am working on right now that I hope to be able to continue to share from our incubator. One of them is actually writing this book for Simon & Schuster. I've written books before, but it's always been either a small publishing house or even self-publishing. But but writing this book for Simon & Schuster and, and doing it in like 90 days has been an enormous, yeah, it's like it's pushed... <laughs> It's pushed my performance levels to the edge and beyond and and things that I never thought I would be able to do. It's This is a year-long project. We did it 90 days and uh, it required every ounce of R4, you know, that regimen, ritual, rigor and recovery that I could muster. Um, and and even then it took a toll on me. So I've, I've learned some new things on recovery and how to come out of that. And then the other area where I'm really digging in right now is this thing around trance-like state. I believe what's happening to our society right now, Todd, and you really hit at it with social media and the stuff that's hitting us. I believe it has lured us into this trance-like state of fear-based behavior and anger-based behavior. And we are becoming a shadow tribal society. And we are reverting back to in-groups and out-groups tearing each other apart. And I think we're on a path, both at an organizational level with our companies and our businesses and our communities and our nation, that if we don't get a handle on this at like a street level, a community level, a parental level, our kids are going to inherit something terrible. And I'm not a sky is falling chicken little kind of person. So I want to be able to articulate what is happening to us below the waterline in this trance-like behavior where, as Ivan Tyrrell says in the book, The Human Givens, anger makes us stupid. What's making us stupid? What's making us lose our perspective on our superpower of human connection? Why are we turning on one another? And then I want to bring those lessons to your leaders and others so that they can take that and, and make it foundational in what they do and not get caught up in it not get caught up in that churn, but rather help people bring their emotional temperature down, shake off that trance and get back to being human again, again to each other. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to take. All is not lost. No, man, we still got this, but we got to dig in and we got to dig in fast. There's no, nobody's coming. If I've learned anything in life, if you think that somebody's coming over the hill to save the day, they're not coming. Yeah. Whatever it's going to get done, we're going to have to do it. Gosh, Scott, I've been looking forward to this ever since we scheduled it. And I so enjoyed speaking with you as I always do. And and I really appreciate your time. We all do. And uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Yeah, right on, Todd. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, thanks for what you do. And just remember, um, you know, what we showed with the Pineapple Express is you don't need a title. You don't need permission to lead in hard times. People are hungry for leadership and it's just a matter of stepping in and being relatable and relevant. So thank you for giving me a voice. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for listening this week to REA Audio. 
If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. Remember, if you want to learn more about rooftop leadership, visit rooftopleadership.com. We'll also have a link in the show notes to pre-order Scott's new book, Operation Pineapple Express. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.